This podcast is part of the Big Heads Media Podcast Network. Go to BigHeadsMedia.com for more great podcasts. You're listening to the Husker CuzCast Sports Show. Now, here's Justin Fielder, Derek Stafford, and Tyler Schaefer. Support for the Husker CuzCast comes from Manscaped, the best in men's below-the-belt grooming. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code BIGHEADS at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com. And use code BIGHEADS. Welcome to the Husker CuzCast Sports Show. Justin here along with both cousins, Derek and Tyler. Tyler, welcome back. How was your vacation? Oh, it was great. Got a chance to go to Nebraska. Got to see Derek. Got to see my, the rest of the family. So it was a pretty good time. Well, excellent. Well, we haven't talked to you in a couple of weeks, and you missed signing day, and I know that you're a big recruiting nut. So what are your thoughts on this year's class? You know, I, I, I was sitting there thinking of an analogy for this po- uh, for this class, and, and I was coming up with, like, a poker thing. So I was, if anyone who plays poker, you know, ever sat at a table, and, you know, the game's not going so well for you, and you go into a big pot, and if you lose you're going to be almost done. And if you win, you're right back in the game. And I feel like that's what this recruiting class was for me because it was really hopeless at the end of that season. And and the, what the coaches did specifically at that wide receiver position is remarkable. With, with this class of the five wide receivers that we brought in, including the guys we brought in last year, I mean, I think we have at least five future playmakers at wide receiver. I, I, I love that position group. Um, you guys did a great job breaking down this class. I'm not going to go into a lot of detail. If you guys haven't listened to that, go listen to that because Brandon Cavanaugh and Derek Adjusted did a great job. But, man, I, I, I don't know. I don't know if you guys showed quite the affection to the wide receivers that I did. And the surprises. Like, you go into signing day thinking you know what you're going to get. And, you know, you have Keyshawn Green a couple weeks before, Marcus Fleming. I mean, the, the guys that came through it, it was just – we, we almost hit on anyone you thought. So it was great. Um, yeah, I, I'm absolutely stoked for this class. Well, you know, the best part of those wide receivers was some of the size we're getting on some of those guys. We're finally getting some guys with size. I, I really think that's what we've lacked a lot the last couple of years. The guys with height. Like all of our guys are below six foot at this point. When we had Stanley Morgan, he was at least six foot. And he played a little bit bigger than what he actually was. But we just haven't had any size at that position for a while. Well, Derek, you're right. I mean, Omar Manning is 6'4". Uh, Xavier Betts is uh, 6'2". Or, you know, but but I will say Darian Chase and Demarion Houston and Jamie Nance are all, are all six foot. And I, I think there's still a prospect of, you know, one or two of those guys hitting. Um, so, again, I, I think what you're looking at is the roster's getting deep. Um you know, one question I had to, I wanted to ask you guys about this class is, you know, the last couple of years we've had these key freshmen. Last year, Wandale Robinson. The year before that, Adrian Martinez and Mo Washington. Um, you know, if you guys, is there one or two guys in this class that you're like not can play, but is going to be a playmaker for us, like a legit, you know, one of the leaders of this team? Is there anyone in this class? that you think is going to do that? Go ahead, Derek. Uh, I, I think that uh, Avante 
Muaga Clements, however you say his name, that linebacker. I think he's going. That sounds like he's going to transition to inside backer. I, I think he plays immediately. I think he's fast. I think he's a great tackler. He's more of a he's a JUCO guy, but yeah, I think he is a guy in this class that absolutely will come in and play right away. Of course, it's also at a position that we probably don't have a lot of choices either. I mean, it's either start a redshirt freshman or get this guy in the mix. I mean, well, I guess we still have Honus and yeah, we have uh, two starters, but but we we definitely need a third guy in there. Definitely. What about you, Justin? I you know I think you just have to go with one of the running backs. I think that they have probably the easiest chance to get on the field uh, at this point. Uh, probably any of those wide receivers, but. Those are the two position groups that can make the field the easiest. Tyler, which of the running backs do you like the best? I'm um, Alex Stevian uh, Morrison. I'm, is there a T in that? No, no, Stevian Morrison. Um, <laughs> I just had to look at my thing. This seems like there should be a T in that name, but no, I, I think I like him a little bit more. I, you know, I'll be interested to see what happens at that running back position. You know, I'm excited to do our early depth chart. I, I do like him. Um, I think he's a playmaker. I, you know, I don't know where he stacks up with the Ramir Johnson, uh, you know, Ronald Tompkins, I, you know, Bell. I, I don't know who ranks higher than who, but he definitely does give you a little bit bigger back um, than those other guys. So you definitely could see it. But with Dedrick Mills, I don't know if you need that. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I think, he, you know, you guys talked a lot about the running back position. That is one of the few misses of this class. I, I don't know if I was wowed by really? any of the running backs. Morrison was definitely the best of the bunch, or the be- best of the two. Um, I, I, I don't know about Scott. I don't, I'm not buying a lot of stock in him, but I wasn't buying a lot of stock in Amir Abdullah when we brought him in either. So right. I, I don't know. We'll, we'll, we'll see on that one. But um, no, I get I thought it was a great class. I mean, again, it, it just, again, I. The reason I asked you that question, because I don't know what's going to happen this year. I don't know if any of these guys are going to be, you know, Wandell Robinson. But what I will tell you is I feel like this class and last year's class really sets the tone. Like, God, in a year or two, when this class gets a little bit more mature, like, I am pumped about where this team is going with these these last two classes. Last year, they nailed the offensive line. This year, they nailed wide receiver. Um Brought us some big safeties, which we needed last year. We got some corners. I just I like how they put together these last two classes. I disagree with you totally on those running backs, Tyler. I I think they're both good running backs. Uh, Sevian Morris, I think, is a stud. And and you say we, that they're bringing in size, and that maybe we don't really need it with Diedrich Mills here. But remember, he's going to be a senior next year, so in the future, you're still going to want these guys around. And I think it's awesome that these that they're bringing in guys right with with size rather than just speed, because we've obviously shown that just speed does not work in the Big Ten. Yeah, I, and again, I don't want to make it sound like they're you know, I think they're bust or whatnot. Um, I mean, they both weigh right around 200 pounds. You can bulk both of them up another probably 15 pounds as long as they don't lose speed. And all of a sudden, you have some pretty stout backs. And then if you have last year's class with Ramir Johnson and uh, uh, Ronald Tompkins, you know, you got some speedsters there if if Ronald Tompkins' knees are ever good enough. But you can still have that one-two punch that I think what that I think they're looking for. Yeah, I, again, I, I want to I wanna be clear. I, it's not that I'm 
I'm not calling them bust. I don't know if I see either of those guys as immediate impact players. Um, I don't know if I see either of those guys seeing the field this year. Um, and, that, and again, that doesn't mean we won't have a down the road. You know, one of those guys could be a starter. I'm not saying that. Um, but I, I just I think those are two guys that I I don't know. I kind of lean on them probably redshirting this year and. You know, you're probably still hoping to bring in a couple more backs in next year's class. Um, you know, it's probably what you're well, hoping. So, and again, unless you're playing on Ramirez Johnson or Ronald Tompkins making an impact, one of these two guys is probably going to have to step up because we just really don't have anybody else there. Yeah, yeah. I mean, what are you going to do? Count on Jalen Bradley? I mean, to transfer? <laughs> well, you know, yeah. That's, Sorry, that's I just a wanted to finish a sentence for you. I, I thought you were going to count on him to transfer. I didn't know what you were trying to say there. Hey, I don't know. You know, if uh, if he sticks around, maybe this is why he w- would stick around if he can thinks that he can see the field. I mean, it's it's not like there's. Yeah, a, it's not like he hasn't had a chance to see the field now. He just can't seem to do it. Well, I mean, it's not like we were so deep this year at running back that I mean, we we ultimately relied on a true freshman that we want a wide receiver to play running back for us because we didn't trust anybody else back there. Yeah, that's fair. Well, let's not forget about Brody Belt. I still think he has a shot to get in there too. But my, my, you know, and we'll get off this and we'll have plenty of time to talk about this, but I will say with what they did at wide receiver this year, it does beg the question what the future of Rondell Robinson is going to be at Nebraska. Because... You know, I know he's kind of been this dual player, and he probably will be this year again. But I mean, that that wide receiver locker room is—I mean, they've brought in eight scholarship wide receivers in the last two years. And again, I—I I might be bullish saying this, but I think five of those guys, just by the numbers, is going to work out. And if you can hit five out of a two-class radius, like I mean, there—that's a deep position now. It may not show all this year. It may not be, you know, we may not look at this year and say, oh, my God, the depth is great. But in two, three years, man, that looks like a deep position. Yeah. Well, we'll there's a long off season to talk about this. Uh, let's uh, move on here. Uh, we're going to talk about the remaining Bulls here in a second. But did you guys see that million-dollar Bob Diaco was just hired as defensive coordinator at Purdue? Derek, what do you think of that hire? You know, depends on which million-dollar Bob they get, I guess. Uh, he just went down to Louisiana Tech and really turned that defense around r- rather quickly because he's only been there for a year this year. Uh, you know, he brought them into the 31st uh, uh, scoring defense, the 39th rush defense. His pass defense still sucks. Uh, but his red zone defense is ranked second in the country. Uh, he had a lot of turnovers, uh, which is what he wanted to do at Nebraska as well. But if you go back and look what he did at Nebraska, we only ranked above 100 in two categories, and that was his pass defense, which was 60th. I guess his pass defense was okay at Nebraska. It's about where we are now. We're a little bit better than that now. I think we're 32nd this year. Uh, and then the other one was... Uh, sorry, uh, interceptions. So, other everything else ranked over a hundred at Nebraska. So, so which Bob Diaco are they going to get? Are they going to get the Big Ten Bob Diaco, or are they going to get the 
Notre Dame Bob Diaco that Nebraska was hoping to get. Yeah. Uh, but but also brings this to question too. Uh, remember, he was only here for one season, and to, to, to change the system completely around, and that's tough to do for any coach. I think uh, we never really tr- had a true defensive line that he needed, probably to run a three-four defense. Uh, we didn't have the linebackers to do what he wanted to do. Uh, so, so let me ask you this: Was was this a problem? Was Bob Diaco the biggest problem at Nebraska, or was uh, Mike Riley's lackadaisical leadership more of the problem at Nebraska? Tyler? I mean, you know, I, I would go Bob Diaco because that leadership Mike Riley had got us to a nine-win season the year before. So I, I, I will tell you, it was clear to me that those two did not mesh, and that was a disaster of that, but... You know, I yeah, I, I would probably put it more on Bob Diaco. He's the one that didn't want the squats done. <laughs> well, I, I don't know. I mean, that's that's in the past. I, I don't I don't know, Derek. I mean, that that whole thing. Bob Diaco probably shouldn't have been there anyway. You know, we can go down that rabbit trail again about whether or not Mark Banker should have been uh, replaced, but. You know, it, it kind of would have been nice to see what Bob Diaco could do with uh, a little bit more time. But then again, we'd be we'd have Mike Riley there too. So, yeah, I mean that's the thing. But I don't know. I I, I kind of think that this is a this is a really good thing for Purdue, though. I really do. I, I just I think it's to me. I guess it's funny that as much as Nebraska fans hate and want to destroy Bob Diaco for his one season at Nebraska, that he continues to get jobs because other teams seem to trust in him. Well, okay. So he left Nebraska. He got hired by Oklahoma as a defensive analyst. And then subsequently when they, uh, you know, fired their defensive coordinator, he got promoted outside backer. I don't know if that shows a lot of trust. And then he goes down to Louisiana tech, which isn't a premier job. Did a nice no, job but, down there, but then you get it, turn, then you turn around and get another another Power Five school in Purdue. Yeah, I mean, you get, I get another job. I mean, again, it's so funny. So Bob Diaco, look, look his timeline here. So the guy at Notre Dame, you know, the shit of the world, you know, has the uh, Teow defense, you know, that gets to the national championship, all that stuff. You know, he's really big name. Goes to Connecticut, flames out as head coach. Okay, he's been. That's three, four, but, three but years again, ago. But again, if you go back and look at those Connecticut teams, his defenses were fine. It was his offenses that struggled mightily. Fair, fair point. But I guess my thing is, is that like, so he's been a coach three years since then. It's been three years since then. Obviously, what happened at Nebraska, you could count his time at Oklahoma, but that's probably mostly him just riding out his severance at Nebraska, and then went down to Louisiana Tech. Had a decent year, you know, with an explanation point at the end of shutting out Miami in the bowl game. I again, I I think that it's not like the guy has had so many failures, like a Tim Beck, if you will, where the guy has just. I mean, Tim Beck everywhere he goes it seems like he makes an offense worse. Um, yeah, Bob Diaco just. I mean, he hasn't done that that many times. He failed at Nebraska, succeeded at Louisiana Tech. I get another shot for him. I mean, I don't know if it's going to work. I mean, I think... Well, and, and again, to call it a failure at Nebraska, I think it's just... 
I think I struggle to say it was a failure because he just didn't have time. Like one year to change a whole defense around just isn't enough time to prove anything. That's fair. I mean, again, we we talked about that. Going from the four three to three four is a big deal. It takes time, um, you know. And and I mean, I, I I get it. I mean, it's not. I but, just can't wait to watch some some like post game interviews with him with him holding the little mic by his mouth. Well, here's that always here's, made me laugh. I mean, the biggest question is with him: is he going to coach in the booth? I mean, <laughs> is that get is down that, on the field, asshole? I hope he does against Nebraska. I hope he does against Nebraska. Did, did he coach in the booth at Louisiana Tech? Against Miami. I didn't see him on the sidelines against Miami. No idea. No idea. I, you know what? I didn't even know he was at Louisiana Tech until that bowl game. I had no idea. I mean, it's, that's not a guy that I've been trying to keep tabs of. I have no idea. I mean, <laughs> did you guys know he was at Louisiana no, Tech? No, I did. I, not until I he did. shut out Miami. Did you? No, I did. I did because I think we co- I commented on that during I think I bet on Louisiana against Louisiana Tech in the season because Bob Diaco was there. I think it was one of my best bets actually that I lost on oh, entirely because yeah. Bob Diaco. I think I, but no, I, I again. Well, let, that doesn't let, narrow it down much, Tyler. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> well, let's just be let's be nice because I don't want American Psycho to come and hit me with an axe and go crazy <laughs> on me. So, Bob, good luck at Purdue. I can't wait to. Have 600 yards total offense against you week one next year. All right. Well, that's, that's a bold prediction. Well, Very hey, they, bold. They are switching from a 4-3 to a 3-4. I was watching a little game film, and they ran predominantly 4-3. So it would be a struggle probably for them in year one. God, would you guys kick yourself in the ass if they adapted quicker to the 3-4 than what we ever did? I don't want to talk about that. <laughs> All right. Well, there's uh, 14 games, bowl games remaining this year, plus the national title game. What are your overall thoughts on the bowl game so far this year, Tyler? You know, I, I there was a point in my life that I really looked forward to bowl season. And I'll tell you, I watched, you know, I, I was talking to you guys last night when we were prepping for this. And I was like, God, I haven't watched that many bowl games. And then I started looking, I was like, I've basically watched a bowl game every day. There just hasn't been a memorable flipping bowl game. I mean, it's been such a forgettable season that I, I literally was sitting there like, shit, I watched all this football, and it was so bad. I, I, I'm I never going to say cut the bowls. I, I think it's great for the teams that make it, but there's been some really bad football played, really uncompetitive games so far this bowl season. There is. Derek, do you agree? Uh, for the most part, and, and listen, I, I, I want to uh, talk to all college football fans at this point and tell, tell you we need to quit putting stock into which conference is better at this point based on wins and losses in the bowl games because there's entirely too many people sitting out in these bowl games wanting to go pro. And look, it's fine. I get it. I understand it. But if your best players aren't on the field and you lose a game, I don't think that means – that the Big Ten's better than the SEC in that situation or vice versa or whatever the game may be. So I, th- I think that all this stock that we've always put into, and that's what bowl, bowl season's always meant. It's always been so fun that you can sit here and go, oh, well, the Big Ten went eight and, th- eight and two in the bowls and the SEC went four and three. So now all of a sudden it looks like the Big Ten's better. But at this point, I don't think you can do that anymore. Now, that, I think it kind of ruins bowl season a little bit. Well, even attendance is down. I mean, geez, you know, watching that uh, the Hawaii BYU game, 
playing there in Hawaii. Nobody was there. People aren't going to the bowl games. I mean, how many bowl games are sold out outside, you know, the the semifinals, which we'll talk about here in a second. But, I mean, stadiums are half full. People aren't interested in going to any of these games. I mean, we're watching them on TV, but you're right, Tyler. There's not a lot of memorable games that I've seen so far this year. I mean, the wow factor is not there at all. Uh, Do you guys mind if I try to take on a tangent for a second? Go for it. What do you do to fix this bull system, right? Because at this point, Derek, you're right. Players sit out. A lot of the games aren't really even, unless you're a degenerate like us, you're not watching these games. People are going, what do you do to make these bulls more interesting? I think what they should do is uh, eliminate some bulls and have like maybe, you know, a minimum of an eight. You have to get eight wins. Instead of being six wins to qualify, drop that down to eight wins and, you know, make that stuff mean a little bit more. I mean, you'll clean up a lot of these poor games that nobody wants to see. Uh I don't know. That's one way I think you could do it. Uh, I can agree with eliminating some bulls. I don't know the eight wins that where you draw the line. I think, I think a winning season is probably where you draw the line. Get the six and six teams and the five and seven teams out of there. But I think seven and five teams. I think they should be in there still. I, I, it's fun for the players. They get their packages and they get to go travel to wherever. Uh, so, so I think it's fun for the players. I don't want to take that away from the kids. Stop rewarding but, mediocrity. Make those guys but, win something, <laughs> achieve something. Seven and five isn't a great season. So yeah, it depends on what school you're at. And Nebraska, Nebraska yeah, it's be a, a shitty good, season. No, but, it'd be a great season. Well, maybe right now, <laughs> but in hi- historically speaking, it would be a shitty season. Uh, you know, but you go to like Kansas, shit, seven and five season. Anytime they can do that, they're happy. I mean. I don't know. I I, I don't think it's. I think it would be. I, I think a winning season is where you draw the mark. What do you think, Tanner? This is your tangent. I, I think. Well, I I think. Yeah, the elimination of games is interesting. I I I caution that because you know for some schools it means a lot to make a bowl game. I I think what you do is you got to stop with these automatic, like, uh, you know these pre-selected bids. Let the number four team in the ACC plays the number two team in the mat. Like, they get away from that and start looking at games on more of a matchup basis, and be like, okay, what what would actually draw ratings? And I put Nebraska in a situation. Let's say we were a six and sixteen. Like, what would be more intriguing if we were playing, you know, Louisiana Tech like Miami did, or do they? You put us against a school like a, you know, Missouri. Or a school that we have some historical history with. I just think you, you you need to stop these automatic things and make games a little bit more interesting. And however you want to select that, have a committee do that. Two, put these in better locations than everything in uh, South Florida and Texas and stuff. Like, play some games up north. Go to some better historical sites. Don't put everything down in the south. I think if you do those couple things, I don't know. I think it does a little bit for interest and attendance and all that. Really? You're going to put a committee in charge of that? They can't get four teams right, let alone friggin' 60 of them. Come on. But, I mean, 
Like, I just, I, I, I would really like to say, like, could you have found a better matchup for UCF than Marshall? Like, I, I don't know. UCF obviously didn't have a great season, but, like, could UCF and a, I, I don't know, uh, Texas A&M, could that have been a little bit more interesting of a game? I don't like put put no. Marshall <laughs> against put Marshall against uh, Louisiana Tech. Like I think that's I don't know I just you know I just I don't know what Eastern Michigan like Eastern Michigan plays Marshall like I just I don't know like it just seems like some of these games are just I I, I tend to disagree because then you miss out on the Louisiana Tech shutting out Miami games like. You miss out on those games. Those are the fun games for me to watch. I love to see the upsets. That's what makes bowl season if that's fun as it is, is to see the upsets. Yeah, it's about as close to a Cinderella story as you can get, I guess. You know, I mean But Miami gave zero shits about that game. How do you like, know? It that? was so because they lost to Louisiana Tech. I mean people got fired. They also over that lost job. to like Florida Atlantic, didn't they? Or was it FIU they lost to Florida International? Yeah, Florida International. I just think I mean, that you've had, so it's you've not had, like you tell me they weren't up for that game either. I just think you've had so many. Maybe conference they just got re- a shitty coach. They might, but you've had so much conference realignment. You have blue butt programs that don't always get to play each other. You know, you could have had USC play in a Florida State, which might be more interesting than USC playing Iowa. What really? I thought that was an interesting matchup. That's because USC got their asses kicked. I, mean, I don't think that game was interesting on paper. So the so the bull season, according to Tyler, put named teams against named teams yep. only, and and that's what? it. Don't don't worry I, about the record. Just no, just put you, the I mean, named teams you, against named teams. I don't think you completely negate records, right? I don't think you just do it for sake. But I think I again. Let's be real. No one's watching these games. Like, what That's was it? There's the too Iowa... many of them. But the why, t- why? Why? Why is Iowa USC a uh, an example here? Like, that seemed like it on paper seemed like it was a pretty good I'm, matchup. I'm just, I'm, honestly, I'm, I'm just trying to do games off memory right now. I'm just trying to think of bowl <laughs> games, but but again, I just. You could, if you want to cut games, that's fine. The reason why I don't like that is because the schools like Eastern Michigan and the Marshals of the world and whatever you know these teams that they don't play for much. I mean, they're like I would like them to make an opportunity, and they could play basically on ESPN de Ocho. Like I don't need to watch but, that game, but, but you don't, want, don't play anybody of substance. Yeah, they, he, he Tyler doesn't want those little teams to play any Power Five teams. Because, I mean, <laughs> but they should play with themselves, have their own little bowl game. Tyler, come on, man. But, 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 the, but the problem, here's the problem with that, though. So, that's, okay. already, that's already the system. That's basically the system right. today. Like, US, Let's UCF rewind a little was, bit. Who, who UCF, do you think Miami should have been playing in a bowl game that made a better game? I, mean, I don't know. Like, it, I mean... I mean, who would Miami have been pumped up to play? Like, we're 6-6. Six and six. Let's go play USC. Yeah! We're pumped well, I mean, up for I think that, that game, but a, Louisiana I mean, Tech, this like nine and three team, yeah, screw them. They're they're beneath us. Yeah, let's play it. eight and four. USC lose forty one nothing. <laughs> I, I I don't I don't know if like is it, is it? I, I don't think the matchups are necessarily the problem as much as I'm with Justin. I think there's just too many out there. 
but but again, if you start cutting them, then what's gonna happen? Okay, there's two options if you cut, right? So you're either gonna cut out, like if you said it's a seven and five, then you would have to cut more than that, and then you're gonna get because you can't just have like just the seven and five teams because you can't set the number after the record. So then you're gonna have to allow some six and six teams in. What are you going to use as a criteria to select those six and six teams? Same so, as they do with the five yeah. and seven teams now. What's class? Which is the dumbest thing? What are the graduation it, rates like? But like, I, why, it, why, why is it so bad to promote graduating? I don't understand why that's such a college, thing. man. It's college. If, if, I, if I'm sitting there watching athletes, these guys take the students. SAT or whatever, if I if I want to watch them take a geometry test, then let's let's get the smarter kid. Actually, I want dumber kids if that's the case but but like i i just i don't know i just think i again i maybe that's a stupid idea but again i go to ucf for an example ucf had a pretty good year this year right they're they're borderline top 25 team because they are in a smaller conference and they're not number one in their conference they get put down to a crappy bowl game like they the, have the same team, record as Louisiana Tech, man. What do you What do you want? I would love to have seen UCF play USC or Iowa. That would have been a little bit more interesting. Like I don't know. I just uh, think. I mean, wouldn't you have Wouldn't you have liked to see UCF against Iowa? <laughs> I think that would have been a huge blowout in that game. I what, mean, UCF or Iowa. I think Iowa would have stomped UCF in that game. UCF, they were they had a down year. They played a, in a bowl game that they probably deserved to play in. I mean, there's absolutely the, like I don't know look, why you would want I, to reward I, I them. Had a really good year, but they were like third in the or what second, third in the Big Ten West, third in the Big Ten West, and they played in the Holiday Bowl, which is a shit bowl for the Big Ten. Like that's what happens when you don't win your divisions. Like I get it. I, I get. It. Maybe it's a stupid thing. You, just... you can't jump these guys up just by name alone. Otherwise, we just not play the games and put Alabama, Clemson, Oklahoma, and name your fourth in the fucking in the playoff. But but we're about to do the most intriguing bowl games of the rest of the season. We're hitting that in about five minutes. I, isn't that all that is? Is name brand versus name brand? You know, I, I noticed none of us picked Navy versus Kansas State. Like, we're, I mean, we're not picking the small school. I mean, we're yeah, picking I all. that one last night, and you guys said no. I'm just saying, like, you guys can't sit there and say, well, I'm, I'm really, in, I, why, why don't they hate the little guys? Why do this? When all things we care about are the big program versus big programs. Look okay. at New Year's Day. So, t- like, t- Tyler, which way do you want it? Do you want it to be that way and just not and just exclude the little schools? Because... I mean, you just got to saying you didn't want to exclude the little schools, but now you're sitting there making it sound like you just want to exclude the little schools. I, I don't want to... Because they're not I, interesting. I don't want to exclude the little schools that have intrigue, which I believe a school like UCF does. Or if, if a school, like, years ago when, you know, Brian Leftwich played for Marshall, and he's a big prospect, Ta- that there might be people Ta- that Ta- care here's about the problem. Him. Tyler. What about like Eastern Michigan who upset like a bit? Which, which Big Ten team did they upset this year? Illinois. Yeah, in, in the regular season, yeah. So I mean, again, I mean that that had some intrigue to it. They, they obviously proved they could play with a Power Five team. 
So, Tyler, here's your argument. Your argument is not so much UCF. It's like a group of five team. And that team this year was Memphis. And Memphis got beat by Penn State this year. I mean, but there's one. There's only one every year that gets that opportunity. Well, Louisiana Tech got it with Miami. They did. But I believe, if I remember matchup. right, it's because there wasn't enough whatever conference teams to fill that bowl, so they had to pick someone else. Okay. I just, but I you just were complaining that, about that matchup. I hate, but I because it was stupid. Like again, I hate the fact that the fifth a- ACC team plays the f- sixth Big Ten team. That is a dumb way to select bowl games. The Rose Bowl does it right. They get to actually pick. They they aren't oh. like chosen to do it. They pick off intrigue, right? Like the the Rose Bowl has a the selection Rose Bowl takes criteria. The big Pac twelve champion and the Big Ten champion. If they or the don't take the, if, if they, the if champion they, goes to the playoff. But they don't have to take the runner-up. They could. They get to take the. There's criteria that if they wanted to take Penn State, they could have. I, mean, I don't know what the criteria is, but they don't have to go with whoever lost in the Big Twelve champ, Big Ten championship. Like if that team is has an X record, they can go rogue. Or if they're not in the X amount of high rankings, they can change it up. Because they've done All right. that before. All right. Okay. Tangent over. Yeah, all right, let, let, let's move on here. That's kind of, I don't know where the hell we were going with that one, actually. <laughs> hey, you always like some back and forth. There was definitely some of that. There was some back and forth. I wish uh, we would have known what the hell we were talking about there. Always <laughs> make a better argument. All right, let's talk about the playoff games played this past Saturday. It was two completely opposite games. Oklahoma was murdered by LSU, 63-28, to 28, and Clemson slipped past Ohio State, 29-23. Tyler, what do you think? I mean, I, I mean, um, you know, LSU, what Joe Burrow is doing down there is just remarkable. I mean, I, I don't know if I've ever seen a college quarterback play that well running like a pro-style offense. I mean, he looks like Tom Brady out there or Tom Brady five years ago. Um, Not much else to be said about that, but I, I mean, and then the Ohio State Clemson game, probably one of the three or four best semifinal games we've seen. I mean, that was a game that I almost thought about turning off, and then it became a game. So, I mean, yeah, it was, I mean, one good game isn't too bad, I guess. Derek? Well, I learned that Bookie Riley Hiles was highly un- overrated coming out of high school again because he's a selfish player. He doesn't care about the team. He's all about me. And got kicked out of another game. And he continues to make boneheaded plays, and I'm not so I'm not so disappointed that we didn't pick him up. Now, uh, LSU is probably the best team in the country. I don't know how good this this national championship game is going to be. Oh, we'll get to that later. LSU just looks phenomenal. And Tyler, I mean, you want to talk about that Ohio that Ohio State Clemson game was probably one of the top bowl games period that we've watched in the last 10 years that was an exciting game it was fun to watch i i I loved that game i hated the fact that the referees had a little bit too much say in it especially with that overturned fumble that should have been a touchdown oh that that one disappointed me uh referees should have stayed out of it 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 was a clear fumble to me uh at the end of the day ohio state kicked themselves in the ass 
by leaving points on the board, you know, kicking field goals and not capitalizing, making some boneheaded plays themselves. Uh, Justin Fields had only thrown one interception all year and really looked like he should, should have thrown three in that game. Uh, he still ended up throwing two. Uh, and, and I think it also proved that Clemson was a little underrated, and I think we all kind of kind of thought that was going to be the case anyway with the fact that nobody wanted to play him in the playoff. Yeah, Tyler, you had a comment on the bookie. Well, I, I mean, Derek, you're right, everything you said there. But let's just point out this is a guy who has been a starter for two college football playoff teams. Okay, has every time I watch him, I just like you guys. I'm I'm not impressed, but okay, maybe he's not what we all hope. But I will tell you what annoys me about that whole deal is I won't mention the person on Twitter. I thought about it, but I held back. But there's a Husker fan that's kind of infamous on Twitter who I have officially blocked because I can't stand his bullshit. Who decided to subtweet him and put him in his tweet? Saying, man, Nebraska dodged a bullet. Like, okay, I mean, I'll agree get, with that. Don't, don't tweet at the kid, but get over it. Like, he didn't come to Nebraska. It's bad enough to tweet at a kid, but I mean, but that, but to your point, that but, was a boneheaded play. Um, okay, that, that's yeah. fine to say that they were in two playoffs, but it's also two play, a playoff team that's given up almost 100 points in the two games. Well, they almost gave 100 points up that game, and he only played for a quarter of it, but. Again, but he wasn't stopping anything. Come on. Oh, fair enough. But I mean, do you think he? You honestly sit here and say you don't think he'd be a contributor at Nebraska? Not even the point. The point is, I mean, I'm not going to go down that rabbit hole. But the point is, his was a targeting. The kid from Ohio State that got ejected was not a targeting. Like that was a tackle. They they do need to. They do need to figure out a way to make that a little more uh, across the board then they'd have it. It, it. It's too black and white. There's too, too many gray areas where players are getting kicked out for reasons they probably shouldn't be. I didn't really have an issue with the, the targeting. I could see where that was coming from. Even before they kicked him out, I was like, oh, I think that's targeting right there. And then when they went to review it, I mean, was it uh, – I don't know if it was a bad call. It was one of those it, things – It was a made, football play, though. Yeah, it was a football play, but – I don't know, but by rule, Book, Bookie by was rule, just a cheap shot. With, well, yeah, yeah, but, absolutely. Bookies was completely different. But on the Ohio State player, I can see where that was coming from. I thought it was by you know by the textbook that was a call that should have been made. I I disagree. I, I and, and, and if that had right been on a Nebraska player, you guys would be calling, kick him out. That's targeting. Get him out. Well, yeah, I would love every team we play's best players to be kicked out of the game. I mean, is is there a code I could sign up for that? But I, I just, I, I mean, he, Derek said it right. It was a football play. It was a football play. He, I mean, the guy he was trying to tackle whatever six five quarterback who ducked his head. If he doesn't duck his head, he probably puts his helmet right in the chest of him. Like it happens all the time, though. I mean, most it plays. Does. 
Bookie was thought think, he was making he... a football play by no, blocking him. Bookie was taking a cheap shot. <laughs> but I don't think he Bookie clearly knew he was the... taking a cheap shot. He I didn't even try he... to leave with the hell. He tried, I mean, he didn't even try. He didn't raise his hands up. He left his hands at his side and clearly was just like, I'm going to put this guy on his ass. I don't care. Well, he's like five foot think... one. I mean, he has to launch. <laughs> I, but I don't think that the guy, kid from Ohio State it, was it. What's this? Is it Gray? What's the what's the kid's last name? I don't God, remember. I feel bad just, but he's a really good player. But anyway, I thought that was a bad call. Um, you know, Ohio State. I but they're good. I, I Derek, I disagree with you. Um, I I think this is gonna. I don't know if it's a done deal with the national championship. I think Clemson. I I think they played a lot tougher competition in Ohio State than LSU played in uh, Oklahoma. So I think. There's a lot. Let of me let me ask you guys: this. Did that Ohio State game not just like bring so many Nebraska feelings back? Like it couldn't have ended worse. Like you throw a that was a Tommy Armstrong interception. Was that, that you played Justin and, and, and Fields? It just for felt that? like Nebraska. I guess watching Nebraska all over again. Like here's the game. The game's on the line. They're throwing the ball. Oh shit! He threw it to the wrong team. Yeah. Yep, that's the way a Nebraska game should end. Yeah. Do you blame Justin Fields for that though? Like, cause it looked uh, to me like, yeah, the, a little the, bit. Like, you got to know. I mean, but but it looks like the wide receiver is supposed to go right. He started to go right, and then thought it was so long. He started to do like that curl in the back of true, the end zone. True, but this was not a timing pass. Like, this was a you had all day in the backfield to throw the ball, and I mean, yeah, you just happened to throw the ball right when he fell down, but. It's not all on Justin Fields, but it's partially on him. Well, I, where, he where literally will, threw it right to the defender. Where I will say it's on Justin Fields a little bit is that wasn't like a fourth down, and there was plenty of time. He had he could have launched that in the back of the end zone and tried again. Like, I mean, he could have thrown it through the field goal post. And yeah, anyway. But. All right, let's talk about the LSU Clemson matchup. LSU's five and a half point favorites. Who do you like in this matchup, Derek? LSU. And, and look, and there's nothing against Clemson. Clemson's a damn good team, and they probably will have a good game. It probably will be a decent matchup. But LSU is just doing video game-like things. I, it doesn't matter. There was a play in that Oklahoma game where Joe Burrow looked like he should have been sacked, and he just throws the ball up for grabs. And I'm like, God, that was a terrible throw. What are you doing? And it's like watching Steph Curry throw up a three, and you're going, God, you're 15 yards behind the, the three-point line. Don't throw that up. And then he makes it, and you're going, wow, that was genius. And it was the same thing. Like He throws his ball up for grabs, and it falls right into this receiver's hands. Like it, was, like it was planned. Like it was almost a perfect pass. Right. But it looked like he was just chucking it up. Like, oh, I just got to get rid of the ball. And it's just it's amazing to me what LSU is doing this year, and I I was amazed before, but after this after this Oklahoma game, because I thought Oklahoma would really honestly at least put a little bit of a fight up against these guys, and they just didn't. And I think Clemson is a damn good team, and I think they will put up a I think they'll put up a better fight than Oklahoma did. But I would not be surprised if LSU does not win by two touchdowns. Really. Okay, so you you actually think that LSU will cover five and a half? Uh, easily, yeah. Okay, don't Ta- know if I'll bet it because my betting's been terrible lately. But <laughs> you should bet it then, uh, <laughs> Tyler. What do you think? You know, I, I I tend to disagree a little bit. I think you know Clemson. It, it's just so hard because I can't say that I've watched a lot of Clemson football this year. 
But what what I saw against Clemson is for the most part they did a really good job of containing a really good pass rusher in Chase Young. I think Ohio State has a much better defense than LSU. I think that Clemson's going to be able to move the ball pretty much at will. And as much as Joe Burrow has been impressive as all hell, and I can't take anything away from the kid, like Trevor Lawrence has been here. He has done this. He, I mean, the guy showed way more athleticism against Ohio State than I thought he had. I, I just, I, I just wonder if Clemson's defense is going to be a little bit tougher, where you can't do these chuck it up Steph Curry like plays and get away with it. I, I just, he's going to have a good game. It's going to be, I take the over in that game. I don't know what that's at, but um, I, I do think it's going to be a higher scoring game. But it'll, it will be. I think it'll be a lot tighter match than Derek's making it sound. Uh, well, I would have agreed with you a couple weeks ago about LSU's defense. After watching them, that defense against that Oklahoma offense, and, and don't don't scoff at Oklahoma's offense because they got a damn good offense. They don't, they don't have a very good defense, but they got a damn good offense. And LSU shut them down. Like Oklahoma could not move the ball on that defense. So it's not like LSU's defense is just atrocious the way we thought it was after watching them against Alabama. And it will, I mean, I, I don't know. I think LSU's defense is a little bit better than I thought it was a couple weeks ago. Because I said the same thing before this Oklahoma game. That was the reason I thought Oklahoma could stay in this game, is because I thought LSU's defense wasn't good enough to slow them down. But they seem to have, they seem to have found a groove. I'm going with Clemson in this game, mainly because I took Clemson to win the game, to win the title game a couple of weeks ago with a futures bet. Uh, but I, I I like how they match up against LSU, actually. I think Trevor Lawrence is the better quarterback in this game. Oh, I think you're batshit crazy there. Well, I want to believe it, uh, so I'm going <laughs> with that. I don't know. This, this, this is going to be... A great game. I really do. I, you know, I was really impressed with what Clemson did to Ohio State. That Ohio State game, it looked like that Ohio State was going to run away with it. I was like, oh, man. But the way that Clemson battled back and just played some really good football, sure, they got the benefit of a couple of calls. I don't think that Clemson will start uh, in the negatives uh, against LSU. I don't, I don't think they'll have a slow start well, this time. It, it, it. And look, I don't think the game will. I think it'll be an entertaining game. I think, and I think Clemson will be in it for the most part. I just think in the in the, in the long run, I think LSU ends up running away with it. Yeah, but I, I think this is going. Clemson's going to be the toughest defense that LSU has faced all year, all year long. Uh, I don't. The, the SEC, who is supposed to be known for their defenses, they weren't a very good conference with defense this year. Uh, so. Clemson, they are just they're just lock solid on defense. I mean, hell, they they kept uh, Ohio State to what twenty three points in this game. I mean, my goodness, talk about like video game numbers. Ohio State was always putting some video game numbers on offense this year, and they they couldn't do it uh, against uh, against Clemson when it looked like that they were going to uh, right out the gate. Clemson stepped up with that defense and made. Ohio State look really pedestrian well, there. I'll tell you what, you better be right because if they get in a, in a hole like they did against Ohio State, I don't think they're coming back against LSU. Yeah, I mean, I don't think that this will be a 
big shootout. I, I you know, I oh. went to look at the over under here while you guys were talking. I forgot. Uh, but no, I'm, I'm, I, I, I will say, and, and again, to, for the record, I got Clemson too. I got Clemson winning this game. Um, I, I, I do. I just, there's just something about the sec this year, how I feel it's been really, really highly overrated all year long. Again, I, I do think it's going to be the shootout, but I just, I, it's hard to bet against Clemson at this point. You know, and I think Dabo Sweeney's a better coach than Coach O. I love Coach O. I love the way he talks. I'm for him. Yeah, I mean, Coach O's a are, are great you, are guy. Are you rooting for LSU right now? I am. I would rooting love to for LSU, LSU win. to win it? If you didn't have money on it. Oh. Well, if I didn't. Well, he doesn't probably. technically have money on it. It's free money. It's free money. My bookie. Yeah, they gave out a free <laughs> futures bet. So, But anyway, no, I'm, I don't know. I, even if I didn't, I, I th- still think that Clemson would win this game. And uh, getting five and a half points, too. Yeah, I think there's going to be a little bit of money on Clemson. And this, that's, I love him in that position. So, uh, you know, again, there's 14 games, 14 bowl games left. What other bowl games are you guys looking forward to over the next week? Tyler. Well... No shock from this guy after my take on the bowl games, but I'm going to go with Alabama-Michigan as the number one. I mean, you you have Michigan, who under Jim Harbaugh hasn't been able to win a bowl game. You have Alabama in basically in the toilet bowl for them. I mean, how much do they even care about this game? I, I mean, someone's got to win it. These are two easily hated programs. I mean, I I'm, I don't know. It's It's the... Darth Vader versus Kylo Ren. Yeah. Derek? Uh, you, you said it, Tyler. I I think Michigan's disappointed with where they're at. I mean, you could say what you want, but I don't think Michigan expect to be this bad by the end of the season. Uh, maybe throughout the season they knew they were going to be down this far, but I think this was a disappointing season for Michigan, as a lot of people were expecting them to maybe make the playoff. Uh, I know Justin had him going undefeated to start the season, and we and, and and look, all all of us. It wasn't just Justin. All of us thought Michigan was going to be a better team than what they were. Uh, Alabama, they they've got to be just going what WTF? I'll just say that instead of the real words. Uh, you know what, what are we doing that we're in the what Citrus Bowl? Is that what they're in? Is the Citrus yeah, Bowl? I Citrus believe. Bowl. And I mean, what 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 is this? You know, they don't have Tua Tagovailoa. Uh, I'll say this: uh, Michigan at least went two and three against their ranked teams that they played, and Alabama was zero and two against their ranked teams that they played. Uh, I think Michigan's more battle tested, but at the end of the day, I think Alabama probably still has a game because they got too much talent. You know, I will double down on what you said earlier. I had Alabama and. Michigan going undefeated this year when we did our preseason. Uh, well, I think everybody had Alabama going yeah. undefeated too. Yeah. But I mean, they were the biggest. This is the first disapp- time they've lost two games since like 2009. Yeah, big disappointment. But you know what? Uh, Michigan's a big disappointment. Jim Harbaugh. He's. I don't think he's a great coach at all. You know, both both of these teams here. Uh, Two of the top three highest paid coaches are squaring off in this game. And 
I, and I, it's not a playoff. And it's not a playoff game. Exactly. This is the this is the Citrus Bowl, and Alabama's seven point favorites right now. I I think Alabama will probably win just because I think Jim Harbaugh will step on his D like he normally does. Uh, yeah, give me Alabama. Tyler, who did you have? I got Bama too. I think Bama. I I don't know if I touch that spread, but I I think Alabama wins that game. Well, maybe maybe Harbaugh needs to buy the lawnmower two point <laughs> so it doesn't snap. <laughs> oh jeez. All right, Derek. Who did anyway. you have? Who did you have in this one, Derek? I I think Alabama probably still okay. wins it. All right, Derek. What bull? Ty- hey, Tyler. Speaking of which, are you keeping track of this so we can have our tiebreaker? Yeah, oh. let's do it. Oh, let's do it. This is like the everlasting gobstopper for tiebreakers here. Should, going should, on. should I write? Uh, should I write Justin's down? I mean, there I, isn't he mathematically like eliminated, or do I? Should, I'll, I'll keep track of his. Too. Not if we get six more games. I think I'm back in it, baby. <laughs> All right, Derek. What's your bowl game that you're looking forward to? Uh, I, I have to go with Oregon and Wisconsin in the Rose Bowl. Like. It's intriguing. Uh, FPI has uh, Oregon favored at fifty three point nine percent, but Vegas has Wisconsin favored at, at minus three. Uh, I it should be a fun game. Here's the deal: like you got Jonathan Taylor, but Oregon's got. I, I can't believe I'm saying this, but Oregon has the tenth best rushing defense in the country. Like you don't expect that from an Oregon team, but they have a good defense this year. Uh, Wisconsin hasn't won a Rose Bowl since 98 and 99 when they went back-to-back wins those two years. And I believe that was back with Ron Dane. Uh, but since then, they've been there three times, and they've kind of gotten their ass kicked in this game ever since then. And I, I kind of think it's going to happen again. I think, I think Oregon's got a better quarterback. I think they have a defense that's comparable to Wisconsin's. They're ranked. They're a top twenty-five defense. I mean, Wisconsin's top ten, so Wisconsin still got the better defense. But it's it's a good enough defense. I think they could probably focus on Jonathan Taylor and maybe contain him. They won't stop him, but they'll contain him. Uh, I, I think Oregon probably comes out with the victory on this one. Tyler, well, Derek, I'm with you. I mean, he's the granddaddy of them all, the Rose Bowl, to me. You know, besides the playoff games, I, I just it is something special about this game. Obviously, this is a game I'll tune into. You have Justin Herbert, who is, you know, going to be in the NFL draft. He'll probably be one of the three best quarterbacks taken. Jonathan Taylor will undoubtedly be the best first running back taken. You mentioned the defenses. You know, they they both average about sixteen points a game. I it is intriguing. It's a great matchup. But here's what I think. I think at this point in the season, like. This is as much as the Rose Bowl means a lot. Like, I do not think that the Oregon Ducks are physical enough to play with Wisconsin. I think Wisconsin's defense is better. I don't care what the stat matchup says. I think they are better. I think Wisconsin's going to punch him in the mouth. I think it's going to be a close game, but I do think Wisconsin will win this. I'm with you. I thought I was going to be on my own here. You know, Oregon, they did look good at the end of the year. Uh, the the way that they uh, beat up on Utah there in the Pac-12 championship, and there was you know people trying to make a case that Oregon should be at the number four team. Uh, 
and they did turn it on. You know, they do have a great defense. But Tyler, I'm with you. I think Wisconsin. I think they are the better team uh, all around. I think their defense. I th- yeah, you're right, Tyler. Oregon hasn't faced a running game like Wisconsin, so shutting that down is going to be very, very difficult. And I don't, I don't think they will. Uh, so yeah, I got Wisconsin. So my game that I'm looking forward to most is number five Georgia versus number seven Baylor in the Sugar Bowl. Georgia, they're five and a half point favorites, but they got a lot of dudes sitting out. At least five starters uh, are going to be sitting out to include two of both of their offensive tackles. They're sitting out for the NFL draft. They had another guard. He's out for academics. They're starting defensive back J.R. Reed, which was an All-American. He's sitting out for NFL and an, uh, a starting defensive tackle. Add that with a couple of uh, backups. The backup running back and his safety is also sitting out. And there's probably going to be some unnamed dudes that are sitting out of this game also for Georgia. I don't know what what's up with the SEC. SEC, they like to sit out for the bowl games. You know, Maybe we should just uh, keep... Uh, Eliminate some SEC schools from uh, the Bulls games since they don't like to play in them anyway. So hey, let's do, let's do it. Just let them play their one team in the playoff that they get every year, and then we'll just let screw the rest of them. Yeah, since they don't want to play in them. I mean, th- this is just this is absurd. How many people are sitting out in this game? Well, and just 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 to add on to what you were saying, DeAndre Swift, their their main running back, has a shoulder injury and he may not play. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So they could be out without their top two rushers, without three of their offensive linemen. I mean, my goodness. I mean, it's not like three offensive linemen is my biggest concern. Like you lose those, you lose three of your top offensive linemen. What's your offensive line going to look like in this game? Yeah, and it's not like their offense is, you know, obviously they're no LSU, but who is? But Baylor has a really good defense. They have a really good defense. The way that these two teams would match up, even at full strength, I think Georgia would be five-and-a-half-point favorites at full strength. But, my goodness, with everybody sitting out, I really like Baylor's chances at pulling the upset here. Uh, I think think they can do it. Uh, Charlie Brewer, the quarterback for Baylor, he's going to be back after getting knocked out against uh, Oklahoma. But... Man, this this game really excites me. You know, there was a lot of talk about Georgia being that number four team, whether they should be. And then, you know, all the talk and when Baylor and Oklahoma, when they were playing in the championship, the winner of that was likely to be the number four slot. Now, I think both these teams would get slaughtered by LSU. But in this matchup between Georgia and Baylor, give me Baylor. Love it. Derek. Ah, uh, man. I, I kind of want to agree with you, especially with all the players sitting out. I could see where Baylor could pull out an upset. My only problem is, like, Georgia went through this last year, and I know Kirby Smart's really pushing this about how they got upset by Texas last year, and he really doesn't want that to happen again. I think the players that are playing don't want that to happen again. Uh, I think Georgia's still probably got more talent. Even even their backups probably have more talent than what Baylor has. 
So I, I'm going to say Georgia edges them out, but it, I guess it'd be a fun game. It'll be it'd be a close game. Here's the thing, Derek. You know, Kirby Smart. He's saying the coach speak of that. You know, he's pushing that. You know, to get up. But you know what? It's obviously not working. Too many guys are sitting out because they don't care. They don't care, and that's going to be contagious across that team when they're seeing their teammates not really caring. Kirby Smart, of course, he's going to say, "Yeah, yeah, we got upset against Texas. We were gonna we're going to be focused in and locked in." They're not locked I don't in. Know they're if sitting that's the I think that just makes the backups want to play that much harder to prove themselves. They're, they're going to be there anyway. They're going to be starting next year anyway. Who cares? Yeah, but I don't know why they wouldn't care. There's no guarantee they're going to start next year. All right. I, I'm, I'm not, not with you. I'm not, not with you on that coach. one at all. I, I think there's enough. You, get, you got Georgia, Derek? <laughs> yeah, I, I think Georgia will edge them out. You know, this is an intriguing game. You, what, do you guys see what the over-under on this game is? 41 points. Yeah, not a lot of points can be scored in this not game. A lot Good defense. Baylor's defense is probably better than it's been in most years. Um, Georgia probably has the best defense in the SEC. And a lot of those guys you talked about sitting out are not on that defensive side. I think Jake Fromm's a better quarterback, but probably one of the biggest reasons why I don't think this is going to be competitive. You talk about Georgia not being interested. You know who may not be interested in this game? Is the head coach of Baylor. His ass is going to the NFL in about a week. And if you look at Wikipedia, he's already the head coach of the Giants. Is he even been? Is he game planning or is he interviewing? Like, what is he doing at this point? Because I don't know that answer. But I, I don't think that this team is going to play their hearts out for their coach who's bailing on them in about two days. Well, and, and let's be and let's be fair. Baylor's only played one team twice. That was a good team, truly. And they choked in both games. So I could see him choking in this game again. Yeah, I'm with you. I got Georgia all day. Hey, you know what? Matt Rule, he has one hell of a buyout at Baylor. I mean, that's... The NFL don't care about buyouts. And they the New York Giants are going to pay every penny of that. Uh, they're going to have a. Uh, they're going to have lots of expendable money there for. A good they got coach. some backup. They don't have Eli Manning anymore, so they're saving that money to pay the buyout. Yeah, I don't know. All right, Tyler, do you got another uh, game that you're looking forward to? Well, you know, one of the games I just really love is that Minnesota Auburn. Um, you know, Minnesota has been such a great story this year, and they're playing a team in Auburn who, like, like everyone has used Auburn as this like linchpin for the SEC to prove the SEC is worth a shit. And I just don't buy it. Like, Auburn has a top 40 uh, pass defense, but there's only one team that has the receivers, or I guess two teams that have the receivers um, that uh, Minnesota has, and both of those teams torched Auburn through the air. I think Minnesota will be able to move the ball through the air. They're probably not going to run the ball really well against them. I mean, Auburn has a great defensive line, but I think at the end of the day, Minnesota... They want this game. They, they've been underestimated all year. I think Auburn's been overestimated. I, I like Minnesota in this game. Derek? See, I, I, I'm with Tyler. I'm, not, I'm against Tyler on this. I'm, I'm more with him with what he was saying about Georgia. And I think, I think Auburn is a way better team. Look, Auburn's defense is the only team to hold LSU to under 35 points, which they held them to 23. And if they can hold LSU to 23 points, I think they can probably shut down this decent offense of Minnesota. Second off, I think Minnesota's been completely exposed by Iowa and Wisconsin. 
And I, I don't think they're as good as what we all anticipated them being just because they beat Penn State. At the end of the day, I, I think Auburn is the better team, and I think they probably end up destroying Minnesota. I like Auburn in this game as well. I don't think that they'll destroy Minnesota, but the fact that Minnesota's offensive coordinator is not there, I think that may kind of uh, impact well, Auburn this lost their offensive coordinator as well. Yeah, but with... They've had a little more time to replace him, but... Yeah, I mean, I, I like... I think Auburn's defense... Uh, I like them to keep it close. I, I think I think it's going to be a close game. I think it's going to be a really fun game to watch. Uh, Minnesota, they'll, they'll be motivated, but uh, I think Auburn all around is probably a slightly better team. I think that boat's going to meet the Titanic at the bottom of the ocean. Uh, I don't. I don't expect a blowout at all. Even though Auburn is seven point favorites there, that's interesting. Derek, what's another game that you're interested in? All right, this uh, this is one that. I, I think it's more of the bottom feeders than the the, the, the best teams, but Indiana and Tennessee, like, I think this should be a good game. Like this this one here, I think is a a true good matchup between Big Ten and SEC, just 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 because of the bottom the, the bottom of the barrel kind of thing. Like it's not that they're bottom of the barrel. I guess I mean Indiana had a really good year for what you expect Indiana to have. Uh, Tennessee, I, I still can't get past them losing to Georgia State and BYU. And I know that was the beginning of the year. I know they've played better since then. But I can't get past it. Like, you lost to Georgia State. I can't imagine you being a good team after that. Uh, the, the three teams that they played that were ranked, uh, Florida, Georgia, and Alabama, they've lost an, by an average of 37 to 10. Like, they've gotten destroyed by decent teams. Uh, I think this would be a good game, but I do think Indiana can beat Tennessee. Tyler? So, you know, Tennessee is a shock to me. And and maybe I fell asleep during SEC football, but I had no idea they won five in a row. I'm with Derek. I have this impression of Tennessee at the beginning of the season. I mean... You know, I don't know what to say about that, but what one of the interesting things, and I and this was an indirect. I don't know if it was an insult to Nebraska or not, but um, Peyton Ramsey, the quarterback of Indiana, compared the Tennessee defense to the Nebraska defense. He's like, you know, this, and, and he's he said something along the lines of like, I think this is going to be the toughest defense we played against since Nebraska. And I really? sat there and I'm like. So basically, you're saying you're going to destroy Tennessee, like because their really? offense had no Nebraska. trouble. Their offense had no problem moving the ball against us. Uh, I don't know. I just found that a really interesting uh, comment that he made about that. Um, and 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 with that said, I I don't know. This is is kind of an interesting game, but I'm with Derek on that one. Like I just can't get what I saw from Tennessee early in the season out of my head i may be stupid on this because tennessee is obviously a different team now but i'm I'm gonna take indiana on that yeah i'm with you guys i'm all over indiana sure tennessee they had that five game win streak but it was against south carolina uab kentucky missouri and vanderbilt i mean that's that doesn't scream great competition are, are any of those teams bowl eligible I don't think so. I don't think that any of them played in the bowl. Uh, yeah. So, 
you know, good for Tennessee making a bowl game and finishing strong, but they, they didn't. They didn't even look good doing it down the stretch. So I, I, I like Indiana in this game. All right, let's uh, move on. Uh, let's take a first. Let's take a quick break to hear from another great podcast on the Big Heads Media Network. We are the two Green Browns, John Cahill and Neil Dunmort, bringing you the Irish view on all things dog pound. As long-suffering fans, we promise to give you our honest opinion, along with the best of both local Cleveland celebrities, national media members, analytics darlings, and you never know, players have been known to stop by as well. Find us on Twitter at Two Green Browns. We love to interact and spread the love. Most importantly, give us a listen on Apple Podcast. Search Two Green, and don't forget, go Brownies. And we're back, and it's time for last call. No topics are off limits. Last call to you, Tyler. My last call goes to the NFL Wild Card Weekend upcoming. You know, probably to some of our more frequent listeners, you know my favorite sports, college football. My second favorite sports, NBA. My third favorite is NFL. But I will tell you, this time of year, the NFL definitely creeps up. I, I love the NFL playoffs, and I think we got some exciting matchups this weekend. Um you know, I think the Patriots are coming into a game. You know, they're kind of down, but they're playing Tennessee. I think the other AFC game, you have Deshaun Watson against a tough defense. The Saints versus Vikings should be a really fun game. And then you have the Eagles, who kind of finished strong against Seattle, who is limping to the finish line. I think this means you know, great football play this weekend. My The game I'm most intrigued on is that Saints-Vikings game. But I know you guys aren't big NFL games. Are you going to be watching any of these? And if so... What game has your interest? Derek? I'll be watching. I don't know if there's any specific game that piques my interest. Uh, my, my biggest, The biggest thing that I saw was that the Patriots are 20-1 to 1 odds to win the title, which is the lowest odds they've had in the Belichick-Brady era. And so just knowing that they're probably not going to make the Super Bowl makes me happy. And the Falcons didn't make the playoffs, so that's always kind of fun. I'm going to have my eye on that Seattle-Philadelphia game, uh, along with uh, that free my bookie college uh, playoff championship freebie I got. My bookie handed out a couple of uh, Super Bowl futures as well as their 12 days of Christmas. So I got a, a futures bet on Seattle, so I'm definitely wanting to – uh, them to uh, move down the road. So yeah, you should have bet the Saints. There was no value with that. It's a free bet. Why take somebody with that low odds? I mean, well, jump why up. Pick a team that's maybe not winning their wild card game. Well, that's why I'll be keeping an eye on that one. <laughs> hey, so with the for full disclosure, with the other one, I took I did take Kansas City to uh, win it. That's not a bad one. Yeah. Derek, who did you take with your free my bookie? I That's. believe I took Kansas City and the Buffalo Bills. Buffalo Bills. All right. So you'll be watching that Buffalo Houston matchup then. All right. Yeah. I'll be watching all of them. I just <laughs> you don't, sounds I don't very know convincing. that any of them are that intriguing. I, it's football. It's, I'm going to watch it. Yeah. All right. Last call to you, Derek. All right, speaking of football, it's uh, any chance that I can hear Tyler Bash on Bill Callahan is always a good time for me. 
Uh, Washington Redskins, who he was the head interim head coach, has been eliminated as a contender for that job, it sounds like to me. Uh, so, Washington's going to go after probably Ron Rivera, who just got fired from Carolina. And I find this intriguing just because I want to hear Tyler Bash on Bill Callahan. But first, hopefully Bill Callahan goes to Cleveland Browns. That'd be epic. Tyler? <laughs> oh, my God. Could you imagine Baker Mayfield and Bill Callahan? Oh, my God. That's the, the things that dreams are made of. I, I will tell you, though, like I had to sit down when I heard the shock of all shocks that Bill Callahan wasn't being thought about to be a head coach in anything. Like, I mean, wow, I can't believe Snyder didn't go with the dumbass Bill Callahan that decided <laughs> to tank the Nebraska dynasty and turn us into shitbags. Thanks a lot, I mean, Bill Callahan. Man, look, it's just it's shocking. No, I, I mean, I that tool bag guy. My he, night can now be complete. Thank you, Tyler. God, he's a hill Hey, can guy. I explain this to our listeners, though, why you have such hatred for Bill Callahan? It's because... Tyler spent his four years at University of Nebraska under Bill Callahan. All four years every, was I, Bill I went, Callahan. I went to every home game. And I know Mike Riley is a sh- terrible coach, but I don't remember Mike Riley consistently getting blown at home to Oklahoma State. Like, I mean, God, that dude. <sighs> Fucking hillbilly. <laughs> All right. Hey, uh, moving on to my last call, and I'm going to keep this as my last call probably as long as we can. We're doing this over the spring, and it's going to be Nebraska ball until they can prove that they're a full segment. It's going to be a last call, <laughs> and right now Nebraska ball, they did get a win this week against uh, Texas A&M Corpus Christi, which is a beautiful campus, by the way, at uh, in Corpus Christi. But you know they. Uh, they did not get the win last week against what? Who they play? South Dakota. Who, who? North Dakota. North Dakota is some winnable game that they should. Some Dakota, and uh, they should have a winning record, but they don't right now because they choked that game. And so here they are sitting at six and seven. But is boring game. But they got the win. Tyler. I, I mean, what do you make of this team? I mean, you have to play a really close game against Purdue. They. You know, or I mean, sorry, they beat Purdue, really close game against Indiana, lose to North Dakota. I, I, I don't know what to make of this team. I'm with Justin. This, I want this to be a full segment. I want to care about this team. It's just they just aren't consistent. I don't want to say they're not good. They're just not consistent. Derek, well, Texas A&M Corpus Christi might have a beautiful campus, but they can't play basketball because, geez. I put money on them to cover the spread, and they didn't even come close. Nebraska destroyed <laughs> these guys. Hey, here's uh, you know I, this is the most two-headed monster of a basketball team I think I've ever seen. Where you can play a tough team so good and even win a game that you shouldn't win, and then just look like garbage against a North Dakota team that yeah. are they even Division One? I got. I mean, come on. Here's a fun fact for you. Uh, the arena that Corpus Christi plays in isn't even on campus. It's like uh, closer to downtown Corpus Christi. They don't even play on campus. They have no football well, what team. What I do look forward to, 
is when uh, I'm sorry not to cut you off, but what I'm looking forward to about Nebraska ball is when selection committee comes around and Purdue's being talked about <laughs> as you know what seed they're gonna get and what's holding them back is they lost in Nebraska. Yeah, like <laughs> who's got like seven loss. lost seven wins at this point? Yeah, <laughs> I, I don't know. I, I don't have a lot of faith uh, in Fred Hoiberg right now. I losing it week by week. I I gained maybe a sliver back with this win, but it it's going to be a little bit tougher doing a podcast over the next 3 months, isn't it? Well, at least until <laughs> spring ball starts. I I could become the Justin Frost uh person on the on the podcast when it comes to Hoiberg, I think. It's too early for Hoiberg. I mean, yeah, but basketball's not that hard to turn around. I mean, not like football, where you turn, I mean, when you're turning a whole roster around in basketball, you're talking about, what, 13 guys compared to 100 guys? <laughs> there, I mean, there was. <laughs> it happens at, the, at these schools all the time. They bring in five freshmen who are one and done guys that come in and play for a year and go deep into the playoffs. And we can't even beat North Dakota with a world over roster. Now, I'm not going to say his name. Mainly because I can't pronounce this game, pronounce his name. But during that game, Nebraska has uh, a player that at, during the game he was shooting forty one percent from the three throw, free throw line. What player in Division One, especially in a Power Five conference, should it be should even be on the court shooting forty one percent from the what free throw? What are you talking line? about? He's one of our best free throw shooters. <laughs> Ouch, ouch. And that is going to take us out of here right now. Uh, Special thanks to Connor Russell for putting this audio together for us. Be sure to follow the Husker Cuzcast on Twitter, at Husker Cuzcast. Like us on Facebook. Look for episodes on Podbean, iTunes, Spotify, and now BigHeadsMedia.com. Rate, review, and subscribe. On behalf of Derek and Tyler, we want to thank everybody for listening. We'll be back next week. See you then, and as always, go Big Red. Again inside the 10, touchdown!